You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ahmed Munawar, founder and chief marketing officer at Boutique Growth, where we help professional services firms build actionable marketing plans so they can generate more leads and win more business. I've got Joel Smith from Ampersand Smith on the show today. I love Joel's story. You know, he went from theater student to business development guy to now storytelling expert for technology companies through his firm, Ampersand Smith. I love how he's managed to take his background, his experiences, and his skills, talents, and passions and package them into an offering through Ampersand Smith that's really helping a lot of technology companies tell a better story, make a bigger impact, and go to market faster and better. I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation with Joel, especially because a lot of you will be able to relate to where Joel is is now in the business. You know, he's a few years in. He's now at this juncture where he's growing. He's adding capacity. He's having to make decisions about where to focus, what kind of clients to target. And I think his thought process will really help you make better decisions for your business. To grab the show notes for this episode, head over to forecast.fm slash smith. Before I let you go, if you haven't yet joined us inside our free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms, you're going to want to check that out. Inside the course, I will show you a step-by-step process that you can follow to generate a flood of new business for your firm. Best of all, the course is 100% free of charge, and you can get started immediately at 5leadgen.com. You can spell out five or use the number. Either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. Here's Joel. Joel, thanks for coming on the show. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Why don't you get us started by telling us a little bit about your background and Ampersand Smith? Sure, I'd be happy to. So I'm a creative professional, I'd like to call myself. I've I've had a a couple of careers that have collided. I was at one point in my life, I was a a theater artist and, and actually went to theater school and was a professional actor and theater producer for a number of years, while at the same time pursuing a business development career. You know, and as time wore on and I got less and less pleased with the world of, uh, of theater or, or particularly the finances of the world of theater, I gravitated more and more to the business development side of the world. But my creative backgrounds really helped me with the way that I work. And so I think that's been a, a lot of the reasons that I've had some success in my life is that I've been able to approach business development, sales, marketing and public relations with a storytelling perspective and a creative perspective which is, I guess, how it uh, eventually got all the way here to, uh, to the where, where we opened up Ampersand Smith a couple of years ago with the concept of we're helping to, uh, helping to build companies and give them uh, access to markets by using the principles of narrative. So you must have been the only guy in theater school that was doing business development on the side. <laughs> I was. I was. You know, I was working with a lot of bartenders and a lot of waitresses and waiters. Yeah, I was the lone guy. I, at that point, I was actually uh, I was actually doing spokesperson services, and I was working with a couple of event production companies internationally. So I would disappear from time to time and return with new clothes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're in theater school. You decide to do some business development stuff, and then what were the kind of the chain of events that led to? Hey, I'm going to start a firm now, and I'm going to call it Ampersand Smith. Well, I mean, we're flashing forward, um, you know, quite a few years here at this point now. But uh, you know, theater school is probably 20 years ago at this point. 
you know, so I think the, you know, the, the concept of starting Ampersand Smith came from you know, some time that I had spent with another fantastic firm called Business Instincts Group. Their goal in life is to what they refer to as build impossible. And I spent a, a number of years there helping to helping to start up companies and uh, build them up, help to gain financing around them and do what I would refer to as market entrance or market access. And so we worked with a couple of companies there. One was called Slice, which is a visual search company now based out of Philadelphia, but originally from Calgary, you know, raised uh, tens of millions of dollars with them and helped them to generate contracts with major multinational companies like the Home Depot and JCPenney and Nima Marcus, among many others. And then, you know, moved from there into building a drone business with them and, and a number of other things as well. And I think for me that, you know, it came to a point where I was less interested in being involved in the in the funding side of the world. And that was kind of the direction that that business was going, was more focused on funding. And I was more interested in, in continuing down the path of developing business narratives for startups and helping existing businesses with narratives to access new markets. And so that was the point where I decided to go forward and create our own business, which we did a couple of years ago. And we've been working with mostly with high-tech startup companies since then. And the reason it's called Ampersand Smith, well, that's because it's you and Smith, which is me, Joel Smith. So it's Ampersand Smith. Nice. What's the big idea behind Ampersand Smith? If you could kind of summarize the work that you do. Yeah, I, you know, you've heard me mention a couple of times the, the word narrative and storyline. I think we like to approach business as though it requires a storyline. And I, I believe that to be very true. I think a lot of times we uh, put our placard out and we call ourselves a you know something and we hope that people come to us and understand what we do and want to purchase our products and services. But really, I think the most effective businesses chart their paths. And whether you call that setting goals and creating a strategic plan or whether you call that storytelling, I think it's, you know, the most important thing you can do for your business is to chart your path and to determine what you want to do. And if you take that a step further and think about it in terms of how you want your story to go, you know, to me, that becomes more powerful. And what we've seen is the ability for companies to really achieve stronger results and greater things by tracking what they want to become in a story type of environment, in a world where they're able to create exactly what they want to have happen and be in a position to pivot that, you know, as new information comes. And, you know, there's nothing quite as uh, quite as capable of doing those two things as a good story. And so that's why we've approached it from that perspective. And, and what's your sweet spot? What are the ideal clients that, that you look for for this kind of work? There's two places that we like to work and we work best in is from formation till first revenues is a really strong spot for us because we're able to help people, as I just said, you know, develop that storyline that gets them into market in the first place. Then the other place that we work really well is with existing or established enterprises that are seeking to develop a new component to their business and enter that market that, you know, or a new market. And those two areas are, are where we're most effective in terms of the industries that we work in. You know, I've spent most of my uh, of the last 10 years working in high tech with a lot of businesses based in the United States. So we've got clients in Silicon Valley and Silicon Alley, as they call it, in New York City, and a couple of businesses here in Canada and then uh, a couple in the Colorado area as well. And they're all in the high tech sector. So anything ranging from artificial intelligence to uh, machine learning for retail environments to IT infrastructure development to, you know, the latest that we're working with is a, is a business that does uh, social giving as a uh, consumer engagement product. As long as it's in that kind of innovative sector of high tech, then it sort of falls into our wheelhouse. So let's circle back to the early days of Ampersand Smith. Tell me about some of your early experiences. You know, you hung out your shingle, 
and you decided to open up shop. And then what happened? What did you do next? Well, to be honest, probably one of the more frightening things that someone can do is, is exactly what you just said, putting that shingle out and, and hoping for the best. What we did was, you know, fortunately, we're able to lean on 20 years of business relationships and to reach out to my community and to discuss with my connections and network, you know, what we were trying to achieve. And through that ongoing discussion with uh, with the good people in my network, we're able to, I guess, to formulate a strategy for the business beyond that which we had initially described to ourselves as being. And we did all of that work, of course, the strategy and the storyline development for Ampersand Smith as we would for anyone else. But getting that that feedback and that ability to, to lean into a network was very helpful. You know, we spent probably the first I'm going to say three months doing our own business development and, uh, and you know bringing customers or interested parties into the community of Ampersand Smith to, to determine, you know, whether there was some strategic fits and some abilities for us to help them achieve their goals. And we were able to secure a couple of clients within that sort of first three month period, which was a huge help to us. And I think, uh, you know, the early challenges there were really just, you know, for the most part, I think about was self-belief. It's, it's really hard for, um, you know, as you know, and as everybody probably listens to this podcast knows, it's hard to to uh, maintain that that self-belief at all times when you're going out on your own, you know, for the first time. I mean, I've been involved in many startups, but I've never been the guy at the CEO and the one who's, who's paying the bills. And, and that was uh, probably the biggest challenge was keeping myself motivated and, uh, and in a positive frame of mind, because, of course, self-doubt comes in and, uh, and can cause a lot of uh, cause a lot of havoc. So. That was another area where having a strong network was really valuable to me and and being reasonable with myself and allowing myself to reach out to those individuals for support, both from the perspective of the business and from my own mental health was really valuable. So I think uh, that was probably the largest challenge in the early days. Were you afraid that when you reached out to your network and these are people that you've spent, like you said, 20 years building relationships with, and it sounds like you had a pretty impressive Rolodex, were you afraid that they wouldn't be interested? Yes, absolutely was afraid of that. You know, going back to like night sweats right now from two years ago, I'm, on, I'm getting a little shaky. But yeah, exactly. That's a great way to describe it. And, and the, the, uh, the fear was really that. Would anybody have any interest or any desire to participate? In the early days, was the, the offering still around storyline? Was it the same kind of idea that you're selling now? It was, yeah. You know, I think we came out of the, out of the gates with, you know, strategic business development as sort of the product that we were offering. I think what ended up being, you know, really uh, what a lot of conversations I had in those early days were, was what, what does that mean, right? What does strategic business development mean? And so we ended up having to and continue to and probably always will have to analyze our offering and ensure that we're up to date both with what we can do and what, what people need. And so, to, you know, to take things a little further than strategic business development, we started to offer things that were sort of carved out components of what business development is, such as the development of a strategy and, you know, certainly applying our, applying our storyline narrative component to that as well, but also into lead generation services. We do a lot of, you know, public relations effort now as well, because that's such an integral part of how, you know, business development occurs is having, you know, having a storyline available in the market from a media perspective. And so I think um, going back to your question, you know, the offering has been, has always been sort of an overarching theme of this is, you know, business as storytelling. But what we offer specifically has had to grow quite a bit since the, you know, the initial hanging of the shingle. So I'm curious how you at least tactically kind of got over that fear of reaching out to your network and and took the steps that you needed to take to launch the business. Because I think this is a scenario that a lot of people can relate to, even if they're not just starting out, even if you're more developed, there's always this fear of, 
you know, I don't want people to say no. I don't want people to think I'm pitching or I'm trying to sell them something. And that often, I think, prevents people from reaching out to their network, which is obviously a huge mistake. How did you get over that fear and make it easier upon yourself to do that outreach? So the two things, I think, the two biggest things, is one is, you know, do the work, right? Spend the time putting it on paper, building a presentation, sell yourself on the offering, make sure that you believe in it, even with that self-doubt there. And then, you know, I think the second part is really, to me, it's dogged determination. It's get your head down and just do it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I wish I could be more eloquent about it and say that there was a secret to it. You know, but really, I think the truth is, is that old adage and is that, you know, if you put your head down and, and work hard, you know, good things will eventually happen. And I think that's, I really truly believe that. And so putting the work in, putting the effort in and being determined that, you know, that you're on the right path. And the way to prove that to yourself really is to build out the infrastructure. Don't, you know, I've built out presentations. We've built out multiple websites. You know, we've created multiple proposals you know, and we've had to sell ourselves on on what we do, and myself in particular as well. And by doing that and then taking it out to the world is the only way that you're ever going to get any feedback. And so, you know, that's an absolute must. And uh, so getting yourself sold and then taking it out into the world with dogged determination are really, you know, the two elements that, you know, that got me where we are now. And I think that this point of getting yourself sold is is critical because I think if you go into these conversations with the attitude of, I want to help you with something as opposed to, I want to sell something, then that completely changes the dynamic. You wouldn't hesitate to go in and help somebody. And if you legitimately believe you can help them, then that's exactly what you're doing. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. That's exactly right. So let's fast forward now to kind of, you know, the current situation at Ampersand Smith. What are you currently doing to bring in new business? So we do two things, right? I'm, I'm constantly networking, right? And, uh, you know, I've, as we've talked about, that's, you know, probably the most, you know, one of the most important things that any entrepreneur can do is, is to be, um, you know, stay as involved with your network as you can. And that, that involves, you know, letting people know what you're up to, right? Really, the most important thing is keeping people abreast of what you're doing and keeping top of mind in that way. Because either you're going to generate either business from your direct network or referrals from your network for the services that you provide. So that's probably been the biggest driver of my clientele base is, is through either directly networking or through referrals from my network to Ampersand Smith. Now that we're a couple of years in and, and our capacity has expanded a little bit over the last six months to, to do more, you know, we're starting to, they're starting to, to look at things like, um, an, you know, an improved web presence. We're looking at uh, doing some SEO marketing. We're looking at doing some some direct marketing. We've got some expertise here at Ampersand Smith in, in performing you know lead generation and, and direct marketing campaigns. But we've never actually done that for Ampersand Smith. We've only ever done it for our clients. And so I think we're going to start to apply some of those tactics uh, for our own for our own nefarious purposes as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. You know, when you look at a firm like, you know, doing things that we do, uh, you know, the best possible business acquisition tool is going to be networking and word of mouth referrals. And tactically, what does that look like for you? Do you have like a certain, you know, kind of weekly or monthly networking routine? I do. I, you know, I would call it even daily, to be honest. It really depends on, on where we're at. I think because our clients, you know, I, I know I said at the top here, we work with high tech clients. 
you know, because high tech is such a broad industry, there's so many, you know, mul- there's multiple uh, branches within high tech that, uh, you know, where, where networks are kind of individualized. And so, you know, I may have a, you know, a series of, uh, I, I do, I have a strong network in the retail and artificial intelligence industries, but I wouldn't apply, you know, I wouldn't send them any information about what I'm doing necessarily with my cohorts in the IT sector, right? In the IT security sector that wouldn't really be applicable. So, you know, really it, it's a matter of, of keeping, um, you know, strong CRM and maintaining, you know, a, your connections. And I do this a lot. A lot of the work I do with my connections is either over email or LinkedIn. So, you know, I tend to post a lot on LinkedIn and and, and certainly, um, you know, to send details to, to individuals and make sure that I'm I'm uh, connecting with them on, on what's new with us and keeping track of what's new with them as well so that we can make comment on it and that we can certainly provide any information that is of interest to what they're doing with their lives and their careers that might relate back to what we've been doing at Ampersand Smith. So let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn because it sounds like that's an important piece of your digital networking strategy. When you say post on LinkedIn, are you sharing posts or are you posting articles? What are you doing there exactly? Yeah, sharing posts, posting articles, commenting on other people's posts and articles and, uh, you know, participating in conversations. You know, there's some uh, areas, uh, you know, I find are, are really active, you know, on, on some, some industries are very active in the comment threads of, of LinkedIn. So we get involved in there at times. But yeah, absolutely. We also use email a fair amount as well. And, and the LinkedIn messaging, too. We, we use that to, to fairly good effect as well. So then are you identifying potential new prospects on LinkedIn and then either sending them an in-mail message or a connection <clears> request? <throat> is that part of the workflow? Absolutely it is. Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah. I think that's part of the workflow more so for the development of, you know, that's more the work that we would do for our clients um, in a lot of cases would be to utilize LinkedIn as a, as a lead generation tool for them, for brand new leads than it has been for Ampersand Smith in the last couple of years. But again, that, that's because we haven't got to the point where we're seeking a broader network. We're, we're still relying on the existing network and not having tapped it all out. It's, uh, you know, it's broad enough at this point for our capacity to stick there. But we're working with much larger entities than Ampersand Smith. And, and so we use LinkedIn. You know, we're on there constantly to utilize it for lead generation technique. So let me ask you this, because I think you're in a really interesting spot now where you're growing and you're expanding your capacity. You're going to start taking on more work. You're at this kind of critical juncture now in, in the growth of the business. And you're probably thinking about, well, who are we targeting? How wide do we want to cast the net? And so on and so forth. I'm curious what your thought is right now on, you know, do you cast a wide net and try to have as many conversations as possible at the top of the funnel? Or do you really go laser focused on a smaller number of target accounts and try to work those? Yeah, I think right now for us, it's the latter. We're looking at more targeted effort right now. But I think there's a time and a place for both of those strategies. The reason for us is it really is its capacity. And so, you know, if we were to cast a really wide, wide net on things, I think we would start to erode our capabilities to do the best work that we can. You know, whereas if we're if we're targeting, you know, segments of the technology industry that we are most familiar with, and that we can provide immediate value to without having to hit a learning curve of significance, and then we're going to do a better job for our clients. And, you know, ultimately, they're going to pay more for better work. You know, there's always the temptation to go broad, and there is a time to do so. But that, to me, is when you have the pieces in place, both from an infrastructure and from a staff perspective, you know, that you're not going to erode the value of your business. And, you know, I think that's, you know, like you pointed out, that's a, it's a critical juncture for any business, whether you're, you know, a business development consultancy 
or a drone business or, um, or an IT infrastructure business, whatever it might be that you do, I mean, oil and gas, it could be banking, it could be anything, whatever you do, you know, to me it is make sure that your offering remains intact and that you're not eroding the value. So let me leave you with this question, Joel. You're about two years in now. What do the next two, three years look like for Ampersand Smith? Well, the hope is for growth, you know, that we are expanding our capacity to work with more industries and to work with more companies and to do that in a staged way. So I think, you know, just on the last point of discussion there is getting to a point where we are able to broaden our appeal and maintain a really strong level of value for our clients. You know, if we could be in a place where we're touching, you know, five to 10 industries in three to five years with a fantastic client satisfaction level, I think that we'd be, you know, very, very pleased with that effort. You know, to add to that, I think that even in the last couple of years, we've been able to add on a couple of additional services to the Ampersand Smith suite. And I think that that we'll continue to do that as well. And if we could add on those additional services and, you know, probably in the numbers of, you know, you know two to three new services every couple of years, I think that that would be fantastic as well. And really, ultimately, we want to work with fantastic people and really cool companies. I mean, that is, you know, for me, that's why we're in this. That's what we're doing. And that's why we talk about storyline. You know, we don't want to work with companies that don't have an interesting storyline or can't find one. We want to help them pull what's most interesting about their business and, you know, and only work with companies, you know, that are truly intriguing groups. Excellent. Joel, how can folks look you up online? Well, they can go to www.ampersand-smith.com. They can check out Ampersand Smith on LinkedIn. You know, certainly you can reach out with an email and uh, I'm happy to, to have a conversation at any point if you want to talk about your business's storyline. And, uh, you know, Ahmad, this has been a, a fantastic conversation. Thank you for having me on. No, thank you for coming on the show. We'll drop the links to your website and your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. This has been great. I mean, I love hearing the story. I love hearing about the journey and I'm looking forward to following everything that will become of Ampersand Smith. Thank you so much, Joel. Thank you. Talk to you again. Hey, it's Ahmed here again, just to recap this interview. Here's what I love about Joel and his story. There are a lot of marketing companies out there. There's a lot of business development companies out there. And to be honest, they all kind of look and sound the same. But what Joel's managed to do is craft something really unique that leans heavily on his experience and his background. He's a theater student turned business development guy. And he's brought those two together in this really well-crafted package at Ampersand Smith. And it stands out because his big idea is story. It's developing a storyline. And he's managed to develop a storyline for himself that's really compelling. So he's walking the walk, so to speak. And that's really what you got to do as a professional. You've got to walk the walk and show your clients that you take your work very seriously. And Joel certainly does. You want to grab the show notes to this episode, head over to forecast.fm slash smith. Also, if you like the show, do me a favor, head over to iTunes and subscribe. You can do that by going to forecast.fm slash iTunes. Click on the link there. It'll pop up iTunes on your desktop or your mobile, wherever you are, and you can subscribe to the show there. While you're at it, do me a favor, leave us a rating and a review because it helps more people discover the show, and I would be very grateful. Thank you so much for listening.